What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We decided to debate the Sheffield wildcard spots. And I'm sure you guys have seen in the past week, King List posted on the story, empty template for the remaining wildcard spots for Sheffield. And from elite level lifters to fans, people were filling it out. And there was debate. There's opinions, and if there's a debate and opinion, we're going to cover it on Two White Lights, and we decided to have a perfect guest on for this world champion in the 93 KG weight class and the person who has a guaranteed spot at Sheffield, Chance Mitchell, on to discuss this. Steve opened up the episode by doing a great job of breaking down the criteria of the uh, of Sheffield by explaining what they're going to do potentially for the wild card spot and also the current roster who has guaranteed spots and then right after that debate ensued and it was fantastic it was fun to be a part of and it's going to be fun to listen to and if you're doing something like this like a wild card feature of Sheffield debate is going to just be there and Chance Mitchell's a perfect guy to have on all three of us debated with one another at some point and it was a it was a fun thing to be a part of got a little heated Got a little cool, but we all resolved our differences towards the end of the podcast. So make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Spotify. Leave a five-star review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can write whatever as long as it's a five-star rating. Also, subscribe on twowhitelights.com, and you're going to make sure you want to hit that subscribe button on twowhitelights.com because we are going to be dropping merchandise very, very soon. We had um, a great showing at Warcat. A lot of people supported it, so... We'll have our online drops for what you saw at the Power Fest that WarCat put on on the website very soon. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. And without further ado, here it is. Two White Lights. Yeah, just saying it's time to get some mercy. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. And as promised, we got with us today a little fun episode regarding Sheffield and the wild card spots. Um, King of the List posted on their story, and we thought it'd be a good idea to make a show on it. And who better to have on the show? Then one, a person who's competing at Sheffield, and two, a person who just wants to come on Two White Lights and argue with me, Chance Mitchell, making his second appearance on Two White Lights. Chance, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm excellent, um, and I don't think I told you in person, even though this is not in person, this is over Zoom, congratulations on winning IPF Worlds, getting into Sheffield. We talked about Two White Lights. It's one of the most deserving lifters getting into a position of high accolades and just very happy for you. Thanks man. Yeah. It's um, been a long, long journey of eating shit for a while. So it's been good. And I, and I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Angelo, just based off of just what the IPS posting chances, like the poster child for the IPF. Now, yeah. I feel like every single time I see any promo, it's chance Mitchell. 
Like he's the poster child. I don't think they've ever listened to his podcast, so they probably would take that down. Um, but as, as for now, he, he's he's the main representative of the International Powerlifting Federation. And I finally got a follow from the IPF after years. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I would be surprised, but just based on some of our debates with the USAPL, maybe the IPF is getting whiff of that, and they're like, okay, enemy of the enemy is my friend, so. <laughs> We're, uh, we're we're definitely gonna endorse Chance uh, to the moon on this one, but yeah, and also I mean just you know I think actually a good representative of Sheffield because you're incredibly active. You worked your ass off to get to that position, um, and everyone knows you're an opinionated guy. So maybe let's burn some bridges going into Sheffield. Can't wait for it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Only you, only you. We're good. I mean, I'm not I'm not close to Sheffield yet, but uh, yeah. So Steve. Uh, I'm going to give the responsibility to you to do what you do best, and that's break down rules and criteria and what has already happened with Sheffield. Okay. So I believe there's 12 spots, men and women, within Sheffield, um, and there's three rounds of invites. First round of invites, is reading directly from the rules, is 2022 World Classic Open Powerlifting Champions who total at least 95% of the current world record total for their division. So I, we're not going to go through the whole Sheffield breakdown for the scoring because they're not using GL score. They're using percentage of world records. And then a lot of the, the money is based on world records. We already talked about that in a prior podcast. If you want to learn that, go to the Sheffield website. You can find all that stuff. First round invites for men was Eddie Berglund, Taylor Atwood, Delaney Wallace, Chance Mitchell, and Emil Norling. For women, that was Tiffany Chapone, Noemi Albert, Joy Namani, Chandler Babb, Jessica Bittner, Amanda Lawrence, and Monica Brown. That's also the first time I've ever said her name right the first time on this podcast <laughs> in the it. history of Two White Lights. You you literally just said it incorrectly. You said Bonica. It's Bonica. <laughs> Bonica? Bonica. <laughs> <Boy, laughs> <I'm poor. laughs> How did you do that? I thought, I'm like, all right, okay, he's not even correcting himself anymore. And you were so confident that you got it right. It's not <laughs> so bad. proud. All right, all right, continue. Hey. That was awesome. Hey, that around. was the best. That was the best one. That's in the Hall of Fame of Perfect. mispronunciation. That's what I was going for. I'm seeing how far I can get down this rabbit hole. Okay. Second round invites have already been done. This one's a so top performing athlete from each unrepresented IPF region. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know which. What are the IPF regions necessarily? I think there's like Oceania, there's America. Chance, which are there? Yeah, Asians, Oceanas. Um, there's Europeans. There's the, like North America or, or the NAPF region. It, it's like e each of the IPF affiliates are broken down like literally by region for this specific. And they have championships. Um, so like Carlina from. Uh, um, New Zealand is also up there. If she competes at Commonwealths um, here soon, depending on how she does, she may actually get a spot as a wild card, but we could go into that afterwards as well. Okay. So yes. Um, and then fortunately Antarctica, there is extreme prejudice because they've had some issues with their affiliate. And so they're not well represented with their uh, continent. So they would <laughs> not get a spot, but the second round in for unrepresented regions were Kyoto Ushiyama, uh, and Amara Kanan on the men's side, and then Evie Corrigan on the women's side, which leaves four wildcard spots for the men and five for the women. And this is where it gets a little interesting um, because I, I don't think people realize how open-ended this is. Mm -hmm. It can get really open-ended. And it's partially because, and we'll talk about it a little bit, this isn't, I mean, there's there can be debate on this of agreement, 
of like some people think that you should have had to compete at IPF Worlds this year versus part of this is also just not putting together the IPF Worlds roster in Sheffield is putting together the best matchups and in my opinion, the best way to market this meet to make it successful because frankly, the fact of the matter is this is not every single matchup for every single person is highly marketable. That's a tangent. We'll get to that in a little bit. Athlete eligibility competed in an IPF World or Regional Classic powerlifting event. The big caveat there is there's one. It could have been any time. Um, as well as regional, if you don't know, the NAPF Arnold American Pro is a regional event. If you competed at the NAPF American Pro, Arnold American Pro in 2020 in the USAPL, that is a regional classic powerlifting event or other ones that are probably a little bit more. I mean, we just, the NAPF Pan Americans are going on right now. That's a normal one. EPF Championships is a very, very common one. Uh, Chance just Mitchell won the Commonwealth Games for the New Zealand Oceana. Um, if you compete at one of those. Um, you have to be currently in good standing and not under suspension from the IPF. So, uh, yeah, USAPL lifters uh, are not going to get immediate invites. Well, they could, but and since we're kind of suspended, but not suspended, we can still get invites. Um, I got I got confusing there. Ignore that. And then no prior anti-doping offenses warranting a ban more than one year. So those two are pretty obvious. It's just being standing and you had to have competed in an IPF world or regional classic powerlifting event. So, um, I mean, like for instance, people probably don't realize Ashton could be chosen for, that. uh, Carlina, if she does that, uh, Commonwealth meet Wailing Chang, who I've heard is coming back from weightlifting and coming back to powerlifting. She could be possibly chosen for this, uh, because she competed at IPF worlds back in the day, Rondell, uh, competed at IPF worlds back in what 2019 or 2018 in, in Canada it's far reaching. So like that it's, it's interesting what this, how this wild card thing will shape up. Uh, we, we don't really have a true idea of what's going to happen. Um, we all have our opinions, which is why we're on this podcast to discuss it though. Yep. That's a great explanation there. So I was thinking before we really dive into the wild cards, we saw a lot of these story posts, um, for various lifters, people competing at Sheffield, people not competing at Sheffield. And it seemed like some consistent names were bought up. I'm going to ask Chance this question first. Who are, like, the shoe-ins, the person or the people that you think are definitely going to be in and the people that you want to be in uh, to this meet? Okay, so I'll give you two on, on each side. So two men and two women, I think have to be automatically sent in as the first wildcard spots. Um, Emil Krastev is one who placed second in the 93s. Um, he placed like fifth at the previous World Championships, um, but this was a big year for him, signed with SBD, um, placed third overall at IPF Worlds this year. So he, to me, seems like somebody that for sure can, has to be taken. Um, the next male that I think is Jesus Oliveras, who won the the 140 plus um, didn't hit total um, that he needed to to get the automatic qualifier. So even though he didn't hit that, I still think him being an SBD lifter, everything else uh, top you know 40 um, 40 plus, they get an automatic in um, so those two men and two women, um, Agata Sitko, who placed uh, second behind Jess Bidner um, at Worlds. Um, Incredible lifter, obviously very young. Did the World Games, did really well there. Obviously, I'm mean, not the World Games. Oh yeah, it was a, it was yeah, a World Games. World Games. She played. I think she won 
Um, and then Leah Bavois, who uh, missed weight at Worlds. Um, she's doing the Arnold UK here in another five, six weeks. Um, she should, um, in my opinion, get that next wildcard spot. Um, although she didn't make weight, uh, she's been proven. She's uh, probably the, one of the top two, three biggest names on the women's side. Um, those two are my automatic people that'll be get picks essentially. Steve, how about you? So, hundred percent agree with Jesus. I think that's a lock. I honestly don't think after that there's any more locks because I'm gonna. This is this is gonna get where we're gonna get debate. I, I don't disagree that Emil Krasta should get a spot, but do we see that as as marketable as a matchup as another Keiko versus Chance round three? Um, so that's where I don't think either of those are a lock. I honestly, I'll be a little bit uh, debatable here. If Jesus is a lock, Ray is a lock. Oh, okay. All right. Why do you say that? You, you, because Jesus, we're look. I mean, I, I'll get in a little bit of marking debate. I think we have precedent from 2020, and we have precedent from knowing kind of IPF worlds and what a lot of the tested side kind of favors, um, and also how this meet is being judged. We're, it's as much as possible is trying not to make this a coefficient score me. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to market matchups. They want to be able to not only say who's going to win, but who is going to win between X lifter and X, and X lifter and Y lifter. When we look back at 2020, the big thing they were talking about was Brett versus Russ and Daniela versus Amanda. Um, that was the whole marketing tactic of it. And it was these interweight class battles. Um, we have been waiting for Jesus versus Ray forever now. Uh, for two years, we've been wanting to see this. We haven't gotten to see it yet. Ray qualifies. He's done multiple IPF worlds in every single manner of the qualification standards. Ray qualifies. I really think if Jesus is in, that means Ray is a lot to be in too because they are going to want to market Jesus first Ray. On the women's side, um, I completely agree with Chance. I think it's uh, Agatha and Leah. Um, Leah's got to be in because that's the only way you're going to have... Um, the, the matchup to battle between Leah, Tiffany, and Amanda, because really there's not really interweight class battles there. Um, I actually, uh, we'll, we'll get to it more, but I don't think Heather, Heather Connor versus Tiffany, honestly, um, debatably, I don't think that's a very intriguing matchup. I think Tiffany has that matchup by a decent margin now. So if we're looking at head-to-head matchups, the matchup we really want to see is Leah versus Tiffany versus Amanda. That's the three-way battle we want to see of likely... Now, I can't say who wins because it, it's it's odd. It's not a good, good list scores off of the the oddity of this this new coefficient score based off of body or weight classes. But those are kind of the three that we know are, are typically the best in the world. Uh, and then Agata, um, highly deserving because obviously we know she she tied with Jessica um, and Jessica won on body weight, and so uh, she is she is arguably the that that's the matchup I think probably people want to see more than any. There's only one other one. Maybe I'm getting too far ahead. There's only one other one that I think could be as intriguing of a matchup on the women's side, and that would be a double wild card to the 63s and Corolla versus Leah. But I don't know if Corolla is a lock because honestly, I don't know if Corolla is she even caring about Raw. I I, do, I don't know. She hasn't been doing Raw Worlds. She hasn't been competing. I don't know. I it's not so much would they want to give her a spot. I don't know if she wants necessarily to be doing as much Raw lifting. I, it just doesn't seem like that's her priority. Yeah, she still has done, you know, raw meat. I don't think too long ago for Italy, like their national championships. Um, so she's still in it. I, again, I, I just don't know if the marketability from that perspective, if she's not like 
pushing raw right now who knows so yeah we'll see yeah a lot to unfold there with uh with steve's explanation there but i mean i'm just stuck on ray williams i guess that's so i mean and it's a lot of um different interpretations of it i mean i think i disagree almost on everything like getting ray in i just i've heard all the arguments and i sound like such a scrub like about to do this about Ray Williams, like one of the most historically great powerlifters of all time. But I, he is like the least qualified of all the people being mentioned. His last meet was a USAPL meet. He bombed out at IPF worlds. He's, he hasn't done a power. Like he hasn't, he's the last meet he did was under the suspended USAPL. And at, at this point, is it really a matchup between Jesus and Ray? You're talking about it. Me not being a matchup. Is it? No, come on. Is yeah. it? With with how Jesus did it worlds and how they judged him. But do I agree with how they judged him necessarily? No, but with how they judged him? Uh, I think Ray, Ray... Didn't Ray total just as much at his last meet as Jesus did? And oh, apples and oranges, Ray, though. Ray, had, Ray has traveled better than Jesus. I disagree with that. Just, just watching uh, Sweden. That wasn't a good travel. That was because he... He got sick though, didn't he? That wasn't just simply travel. He got sick, and that led the. I don't off. think the travel before that anything. he had traveled. He had traveled decently well before that. He, I, Not amazing, but traveled decently well. I mean, he had hit twenty four oh three in Belarus. If you can do twenty four oh three in Belarus, you can travel halfway decent. Oh, all right. I with the veteranship of Ray Williams, I could agree with you there, but I am not. I am comparing. What, what you, I'm using maybe an argument against you. Heather Connor for Stephanie Chapone not being that great matchup. I don't see that right now with Ray Williams versus Jesus Alvarez. I think Jesus can fix his. I think his. I think Jesus can fix those issues he's having as far as judging goes in the IPF. I don't think Ray Williams could fix it. I I think with the with what he did to Virginia Pro, I don't know if those that would pass at IPF Worlds meets. And I, I and I would agree maybe the markability because. People do want to see it. I guess me, where I'm just like, I wanted to see it in 2021. Now I've seen things unfold, and I've seen the injuries pile up for Ray, and I've seen him being inactive on the platform. Jesus is on a pretty solid momentum train, minus the IPF Worlds, even though I I don't know. I think I think you, you could you can take a lot of good with that meet, too, as far as Jesus goes. There's nothing to really be discouraged about of you know what he hit on the platform. But... Just taking all those things in consideration, I just am not okay with saying Ray Williams is a shoe-in comparatively to all these other guys. Like, ah, I, I, I mean, ah, let me fuck. chime in real quick. <laughs> let me let me chime in because I think I can bridge this a little bit for you guys because it seems like you know I like the the breakdown there of, of the Heather Connor versus like Tiff as well. You've got to also think the legacy. Of Ray, you have to factor that in. You have to factor in the SVD. You also have to factor in that it's his current world record, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what we're basing the, okay. the scoring off of as well. So until he gets like the head-to-head matchup, like it's still like who's going to break this world record? It's owned by Ray. Ray still has this, like you know, for for now, right? I, I definitely see that all the the legacy of what Ray Williams is still plays a big part of it and we haven't seen the IPF meet, I definitely, I'm more on the side of Steve now 
even though I think as of late, Ray hasn't performed to that standard, it still means that he needs the, the, the ability to kind of defend himself, I, I'd say. Yeah, I, hey, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, Angelo. Jesus is the heavy favorite. I would, if you, if you're my betting man, I'm picking Jesus 10 times out of 10. I, I yeah. think he has a much higher ceiling, but there cannot be an argument that Ray was the face of powerlifting for four or five years and to market the first ever really good battle between the two greatest heavyweights ever in high PF history. There might not be a better marketing ploy right now in the sense of the men's division than Jesus first Ray. Whether, I mean, we see that in the UFC. There's a lot of times that like, Conor McGregor wasn't a great fighter half the time. Like we knew he'd lose. He was going to get his butt kicked by Floyd Mayweather when he boxed. But guess what? Because of the marketability of it, people were going to want to watch it. And even if Ray quite isn't at his peak anymore and Jesus is going to be the heavy favorite, um, I'm sorry, I want to watch it. And I think a lot of people want to watch it. And that's why I think it's a shoe in because if you're trying to create the, uh, not just the, the greatest meat ever, but the most marketable meat ever in the sense of trying to get viewership and create storylines. Uh, Ray versus Jesus has to be at the top of what the men's division needs. I, I can't believe I bought Cam Mitchell on the podcast and he was the voice of reason between us. Isn't that isn't that something? Uh, the bridging the differences between the two hosts. Chance, you're a uh, you're definite peacemaker. Um, oh, wait. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't bridge. He he said he sided more with me. I want to know. Well, he sided with me, but he made me understand your. He made me like your arguments more. Where I, because when he said that, I was getting like, I like ah man, that was like the thing that I was look. I didn't want to hear people argue against me on because it just makes me mad. Just hearing like, oh, he's marketable and he's an. And I mean, Chance, you mentioned one too. He's an SBD athlete, like. Ah, uh, I get it, but that's just, <laughs> you know, man, imagine that. Imagine that. If Ray Williams is a stoic athlete, would, <laughs> would, he, would he get the nod? I think, I think maybe he would, but at the same, like, that's a weird thing to say, right? In, in, the, in, yeah. in professional sport, that's a very weird statement to make. I, I guess I'm, it's completely personal then for me. It was because going into Daytona, I was looking forward to Jesus Oliveira's versus Wade Williams more than anything. I was so excited for that. That matchup was there. And if we're making, I mean, you made a comparison to Floyd Mayweather. Um, it reminds me of when Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao fought. It would have been great two years prior for when they actually fought. Then two years later like when they that. fought, it's like, this is cool. Yeah. But man, it would have been great to see it when they're both at their absolute, absolute peak. Like, I mean, it's actually the parallels are quite similar. Like, you know, Pacquiao lost. Chuck Liddell versus Vanderlei Silva. That was a big one, too. Yeah. Like, we didn't get to see if you're going UFC. Yeah, I like I like that analogy, though. Floyd versus Pacquiao, just two years late. Yeah, and th I think that's what I'm looking at here. Uh, but, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I guess you did convince me because I would be intrigued still. Only because it's just the amount of weight that's being lifted. I mean, I... Again, like watching Ray Williams lift weight is a spectacle. And then watching now what Jesus is doing just with all three lifts is a spectacle as well. So I don't know. I, I, I agree with the arguments, but I'm simply just not ready to put him as my shoe in. Like I cannot rationalize him being like hundred percent lock Jesus Oliveras. I would take, um, and I just got to ask, why isn't Keiko more of a shoe in? Only because of Emil. Yeah, I think only because of Emil. If 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 Keiko was second, it's a shoe in, I think. Okay. 
and, right, it's, was, and it's not only because he plays third, it's because there's already two 93s already invited. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something to bring up, and that's one of the reasons I say raise a shoe in, is because we have to, I'm going to break it down real quick. We've got Eddie and Kyoto, Ushiyama as 66s. So we've got two 66s. That kind of makes it so I don't, I don't see another 66 necessarily being a, a big draw to put in there. We've got Taylor, and there's not really one to match up against, so I don't see another 74 getting in. We've got Delaney mm -hmm. and barring Russ goes over, which I have do not think that's happening in any way, shape or form. Um, there's not really, I mean, well, maybe urines or Ina, but at, have, none of if the, we're going to say, if we're going to say Russ, if, are, if we're going to, if we're going to have Ray to be a shoe and have Russ be a shoe in too, right? Wouldn't same argument supply, but Russ isn't, but Russ, but Russ isn't interested. Okay. Russ doesn't have interest in the IPF. That's why it's not a shoe in Ray does. Uh, Delaney, I think, is going to be a standalone because none of the 83s can actually challenge the current world records. Uh, so I, I don't see a see a, a reason why they're going to want a second 83 to be put in. Okay, go ahead, Chance. So um, right now, Junior Worlds um, 83s, um, Nathan um, from the UK, uh, he has a very good claim to totaling uh, Delaney. But um, so if he does, huh? I'm sorry to interrupt. I apologize. What were you saying? I, I, oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say someone at, at Junior Worlds potentially, right, could, you know, out-total Delaney. Does that mean that they necessarily get a spot? Probably not. But they have a a chance, I, I would say. Um, so, I think, yeah, I think, I think outside of that. I, I think Urens or Ina could possibly challenge Delaney. Urins. I'm saying that neither of them can challenge the world record total. I don't. I don't think so. Maybe Delaney could. I don't know, but I, I think that's part of the reason why is that they're not going to challenge the world record total. Emil is a standalone. He doesn't have someone yet. I think there is a shoe in to go against him. So, but who is that shoe in is hard to tell. That shoe in could be Anatoly. That shoe in could be uh, Mikey D. It could be Ron. No, I shouldn't say Rondell. Rondell's in that white class with Norvar. Could be Bryce Lewis because Bryce Lewis is going back to the IPF, I believe. Um, I think he just. Well, I think he is. Uh, Natalie just signed up for a powerlifting American meet. I'm pretty sure Bryce is going back to the IPF, it sounds like. So someone's going to go against Emil in the 105s. I can guarantee that. And that's where then I'm saying, okay, if Jesus is in, if Jesus is a standalone, other than the fact that he can put up a big total, it's not an intriguing matchup because he's a standalone. That's why I think Ray is a shoe in because if you add Jesus, you, you're going to have to add have to add Ray to be his, his competition. And then just a quick breakdown on the women's side, Tiffany Chapone, Again, Heather Connor could be there, but I, I don't know if that's going to be a close battle. Uh, Noemi Alibert, we do have, I believe, Evie, Evie Corrigan, also a 52, or is she a 56, or 57? Oh, she's a 57. Okay. Um, Noemi Alibert, I just don't think there was someone who was super close to her, so therefore I don't know if there was a reason to have a direct matchup. Mm. Join Amati, I think someone will get in, because you got Jad Jacob, and, or Jad Jacob, or however you say it, Angela, you're you're better God, and then Bobby problem. Butters um, Jessica Bittner is definitely going to have a matchup I, I think Chandler Babb could maybe possibly with Marte but either way I'm not, not going to break it all down that that's my reasoning for it is I, I think they're going to want not I think not only they're going to want we're going to want not only the best lifters but we're going to want some type of inter, interclass battle for every single weight class to make it interesting if we can that that's the key there and why I think Ray's a shoe in if Jesus gets in I'm going to ask you this. I think I already know your answer, but I'm, I'm surprisingly leaning towards the other way. I, would you rather see three 93s go 
head to head again or Ray versus Jesus. I can. That, that's what we I keep saying it is that it's not three ninety threes. It would be four. Or no, or I mean four even. Like I or four ninety threes go head to head again. Like I, I think that would be awesome. You know why? Four of you can challenge for a world record total. That's fucking cool. I don't know. I might I might be the minority in this. That's a really really good matchup and something that could stand on its own storyline as opposed to. Something that just might not be that close of a battle between Jesus and Ray. I, I rather I for me personally, I'd actually rather watch the ninety. Give me, give me the ninety threes on repeat. Just I, I like what I'm this seeing. This isn't from. This isn't all about just the matchup though, and like the actual performance. Well, I mean, this is. I, I go back to marketability. It's not just marketability on Instagram. It's marketability of. Uh-huh. SBD just created SBD Sport. They finally announced that. They're putting together a documenting team to really try and increase their ability to have pre-meet and during meet like production of, of like lifters and interviews and stuff like that. That's where I get to like, that's if I was picking 93s, I'd probably say Keiko is the one that's going to get in, even though I get Emil's in sense more deserving since he got second, but is Emil as marketable of a person to document him leading into Sheffield or is Keiko versus chance? more marketable it i I think that's a pretty easy answer to it and that's where that that's where a lot of the we're gonna we're gonna get to know the true intentions here once we see the picks if we see emil get in we know it's just okay you place really good we're picking you if we see keiko get in it is very much we know it is based off of marketability if emil doesn't get taken he should leave sbd Yeah, I yeah. I'm serious. No, I know. I I mean that's you know, we love hot takes on two eye lights, and that's probably the truest of the hot takes. Like that is awesome. That's just a fantastic one. Yeah, that's do you want to explain that a little bit more? He literally just signed after his performance from Worlds. If they take somebody that plays third, despite being they're both SPD athletes, it would be wild for that to happen. Which is what I'm saying is like you know, point we can think of the legacy, right? Kaiko won worlds previously, and that earns respect. And I think that earns a spot. But you would have had to play second, dude. Like, you know, when when there's already two 93s, so Amar from um, Algeria, the other 93, um, I think people are often forgetting that he's already a spot. Um, he's the world record holder in the squat. Um, so he's also pretty marketable from that aspect as well. Obviously it's not the direct head competition. Um, but I, I would be shocked if they decide to just skip over Emil for whatever reason. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if he decides to leave SPD, he can get some stoic <laughs> gear, ladies and gentlemen, go on live.net and get yourself some stoic gear. We got two stoic athletes on the podcast right now. What better ad read to have? So use promo code Angelo10, and yours just is Chance, right? Chance10. All right, Chance10. I was going to, yeah. All right, so I, I'm like, just Chance would be a much better promo code than mine, like not even close. Use both of our promo codes. They sell many things. So you can get knee sleeves. You can get a singlet. You can get belts. You can get a whole lot of other stuff that's going to, you can get uh, uh, the shorts, the cop tee, and use both of our promo codes. Angelo 10 and Chance 10. I wear Stoic Gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best. It is reliable, and I think that um, the powerlifting world is starting to come to that realization. Use that promo code, Angelo 10 and Chance 10, to save yourself some money on already affordable 
Stoic products. Um, and Stoic, Stoic has tagged me in one story ever. SBD's never tagged me, so therefore I'm calling oh, myself no. a Stoic coach. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think it fits you more. Yeah, yeah, you look good. In well, stoics, I coach, I, I coach Sean, and uh, I have a bromance with Angelo and Chance. Uh, my still your most listened to podcast, as well as you wear my PR shirt. Yes, true. Yes. So yes, I, I have a lot of ties to being a stoic coach. So I'll, I'll <laughs> we'll we'll put in a word. See if you can be our the very first stoic coach sponsored. Sponsored coach. Yeah, yeah, sponsored, yeah sponsored. Who, who doesn't uh, who doesn't wear knee sleeves? Because yeah. <laughs> I don't wear knee sleeves. Yeah, hard to market. I'm not gonna lie, hard to market. But you know, I, it, the, the, oh, no. I will market it because I would have <laughs> I would wear knee sleeves if I could. I literally cannot <laughs> because of like issues. So um, that's a whole other story. Yeah, but well, I, I would promote them greatly. Yeah, I like derailing things with ad reads because I already forgot where I was in this conversation. Um, well, that's why I chime in because they're way more fun. I, I try and create the, uh, the, uh, distress. I don't know if that's the right word. I try, I, 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 I try so. and chime in just to throw you off because it makes these ad reads more fun. Well, yeah, but you're but throwing yes, me off the actual show going into here. it. Well, oh. all right, well, should we just kind of start rolling through well, the other like names we have well, and then debate I, I wanted, like which, so we, we talk, I wanted to revisit mm -hmm. one thing as far as the 83s go. Like, I think just. I think the, 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 all right. And also I don't really give my few wins. I, I, I guess, cause on the female side, I go, I will go with, um, Agatha and God, like now that I know the criterias, I hate myself, but Leah would just have to be the other person. And I, I, I just don't like that because it makes, it makes this year's IPF seem uh, it, it loses its luster um, as far as IPF as a world competition, but I'll give Sheffield and what they're trying to do this one year. You get like one year mulligan, and then next year is where you really hash it out. Like, okay, IPF, you got to do IPF. You got to do IPF Worlds. You have to do it or you're not getting the Sheffield the second year. The first year, I'll give them their mulligan. I'll give them like you're trying to hit a home run with this and we need everything to go right. So that would be because I was totally against Leah being on any sort of like my list because I you needed to perform at IPF Worlds like you had to if she just, if she went three for nine I would have easily just put her on like you could have lost sixty threes and I would have probably put her on the thing but uh you know like just not competing and not making weight is is, uh, is a red flag for me but the markability aspect of Leah getting on is is. Much there, and she's deserving too. I mean, her past meets are definitely deserving, and best overall lifter female. There's not going to be much of a battle for best overall male. So the the females can have a really really good storyline. Are me and Chance agreeing like, again? I didn't like. Chance? I didn't like that. Team up on Angelo I didn't and, like and, that and, and synchronization. I didn't like that. I you guys were on tune somehow with your ants, and it made me upset. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! I guess this is the bromance I should be worrying about. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, Tell obviously me. Chance is trying to go for this, but at the same time, Taylor has not showed the ability to stay healthy enough for me to call it a shoe in. That's okay. the issue. If All he's right. healthy. It's going to be hard because the world record total is way below what he can do. But he only has like one healthy meet every like two years on average. Like he does, he has not shown the ability to stay healthy. So I, I, I do not. Is he the heavy favorite? Yes. Is it a shoe in? No. 
True. All right, so what would your, I mean, I, I don't know if you gamble, Steve, but what would your odds be on as far? I mean, we could agree, though, that Taylor Atwood's the favorite. Yes. The hard, yes, yes. The hard okay. part for So what, like, would you, would you qualify him as a comfortable favorite? That's not a shoe-in, but, like, you're giving the odds no. as a pretty strong. From what we I, need Vegas so odds on these things. things. We, we do need that to be I made. Need to that know, would give me a better, like, argument here because, like, I would put him it, minus money, for, like, way, like, probably minus 400, which, again, gambling terms. If you guys don't gamble, it doesn't make any sense. But, like, I don't know. If this was good lift score, I would not say he's a comfortable favorite. The issue is, is I, I don't know the breakdown of, like, where everyone's at because, like, an issue with Chance. Chance was best, or you got second best overall if you're a Taylor at Worlds by fairly close margin. Um, the issue is, is you had to push and to set the world record total and – Taylor did not. So that's the, I don't know where everyone's at in comparison to world record total. The biggest advantage is that Taylor has that ability where if he goes like eight ten, that's not even like a great meet by his standards, but that would probably be pretty. I mean, I think chance would have to hit probably close to 900 to be able to little over. Yeah. Like that would be, that would be incredible for the chance would have to do something insane where Taylor would just kind of do just kind of like a subpar meet. Yeah. So he he is a I I would call him a comfortable favorite. It is not a shoe in because of his health concerns that he's consistently okay. dealt with. All right. I I might have to cut the conversation short because we're almost starting a new podcast episode. We'll save those takes for the actual Sheffield preview show because now it's a start. But we can all agree that the female battles, you know, that that really you could toss a coin up. I think Amanda Lawrence, Leah Bavall, Tiffany Chapone. Right, like we don't. Maybe mm. no, no. Oh, son of a bitch! Really. God damn it! I can't get a fucking a thing score. right on this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can't get anything right on this. Podcast. This isn't good list. This isn't good list. Well, again, this needs to say for the when you do the preview yeah, show. Yeah, we get yeah, all this. I mean. This isn't good list score. This is percent over the world record total. Um, yes. Okay. Right. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know where everyone's at. I think Amanda might be the lowest in comparison. Yeah. Uh, Tiff, but Tiff and Amanda are very are going to have a rough position because Tiff did really, really, really well. Um, and for her to beat it by percentage over that, it's going to be a perfect day and nothing can be missed. Everything has to be significant increase on her total. Um, that's more of the problem there. And, and the same thing with Amanda, right? Like she has to come in on everything. So, okay. Yeah. We'll All see. Right. Yeah, we could see something. I'll, yeah. I'll throw it out there and then we'll change subjects. Okay. I'm going to get my Do one it. last word in. Yeah. Get it taken. Agata Agata might be my favorite because of her current progression rate. Yeah. Okay. If she gets in. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, is that our number one pick though? Is she wins for the female side is Agata. Right. Everything like kind of yeah. It hits uh, all the Agata it, it hits Leah, all of I think we're all around. Or I think they're shoe wins. After that, I think it's a little tougher, and it comes down to about four to five people. So let's go into it. Do you, uh, you want me to list my women who I think are the next? up after Agatha and Leah. Yeah. Yeah. For the two other spots. So it's between Heather, Jajakob, Carola, Marte Jenner, and Carlina. I also have Daniela Mello, Wailing Chain, Sam Calhoun, Kim Walford, but I think I I, I don't think those are those are people I, I look at as like where they've ranked before and where they qualify, but I, I don't think they're actually challenging for one of those spots. It's between Heather, Jajakob, Carola, Marte, and Carlina. Um, I think the one issue with Carlina, she's never done IPF Worlds. 
will they actually select someone who's truly never done IPF Worlds? And I don't think they're going to do that. But that would be the most interesting battle by far in all of the women's side if it was Jessica versus Agatha versus Carlina. So who knows? For talking marketability, that would be by far the most marketable matchup to have those three all in it. So I, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, from my list, I have Heather as the third spot and, and Judge Jacob as the, the fourth. Um, what I would say, though, is that as long as Carlina does what she should, I think she'll take the spot from Heather or Jane. Like, I think that's probably going to happen. Um, she just has to do what she did at this last uh, her nationals in New Zealand. Uh, she just has to do that at Commonwealth's. Um, that total was significantly over Jess's world record total. So, um, yeah, as long as she does that, I think she will, despite not going to Worlds. Yeah, uh, that would be, yeah, it would be pending on that uh, as far as Carlina goes, because I would, yeah, I would definitely add her in there um, because, I mean, from just personally what I want to see, Agatha, Jess, Carlina. That's That's equivalent to what I see in the 93 side, which was, my favorite part of IPF worlds. And it just is better with an additional mm-hmm. competitor there um, for me. But it, barring that it, it doesn't happen. I, my initial one was uh Cub and uh, Kalora Gara could be a little bit of bias there towards uh, Kalora, but I, I, I actually do think there's a storyline there as far as Lee and Kalora. Like that is a actual really fan. That's a fantastic battle. And, you know, I mean, it's not. It, Gara was on the uh, previous Sheffield roster, um, and I, I, I'm not. She's definitely not totally checked out of Raw. You know, I think the World Games was just a. That was the primary goal this year, and I think Raw mm-hmm. lifting is definitely going to be back into her future. Something where she's going to compete IPF Worlds again. Try to go for Leah try to be the best in the world raw and um, Sheffield being a goal as well. So if she gets on, I will be ecstatic. And I think that you kind of get everything that you're looking for. Um, and I think Jack up, that's kind of like, everyone's been giving her love, which is really good. Um, but as far as promising lifters go, God's stock is way, way up. And I think she can be kind of maybe a breakout star in the female side from Sheffield and she has, I think the accolades um, to back it up. It, is it reliant though on the UK meet? Cause she's doing the Arnold UK meet, right? Mm, I think so. No, she's is doing she junior worlds. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. All right. She's doing junior worlds in like two weeks. The one we haven't really talked about is she's deserving. And I, I honestly think I'd pick, I, I would pick Heather, Jod, Carola, or Carlina over Marte, but where I think Marte has a case is if she's not in it, Chandler's kind of a standalone. And yeah. I, that's where I could see almost where they'll say, okay, let's not take three sixes. Let's just take Agata match up against Jessica. And then we got to make sure to match up Marte and Chandler, because we know that's going to be a very close matchup. I, I can see her sneaking in too. And it, it just kind of comes down to kind of where is, but where's like kind of the, the, uh, the preference there, but I don't know if Marte has the marketability. That's where I kind of think she probably falls through. Um, as well as like maybe chance you have, you might have more knowledge on this. I do know in talking to, to other, some other people, like we, we have our American bias 
we think in a, we're the only country that exists. Um, <laughs> some lifters that we think are like top tier, like they're the most marketable are not as marketable worldwide. Like I was actually told, I didn't know this. I was told that like Russ is very marketable, but you were talking worldwide. He is nothing. He is not nearly as marketable in the sense of comparatively to what he is in the U S AKA why USAPL tends to be a better option for him in, in GBT. Like worldwide, he is not as big as he is in the U.S. And so that's mm-hmm. where, that's where I don't know. Like, is there do do you have any insight on like some of these lifters who like we don't realize that they're this big over in Europe or they're this big over in the Oceanas or this big in Asia that they're they're really popular uh, comparatively how they are in the U.S. Like Jenner has um, been around forever. She's one of the most accomplished on this list, like in just terms of how long she's been around, what caliber of meets she's done, obviously doing the world games. I mean, she's been around forever. I, I would say internationally speaking, I think she has definitely a little bit more of a, of a favor there. Uh, but I, I know Carlene is still relatively newer in terms of like just how much like spotlight she's gotten. Um, but I, I think it's been kind of like understood that she is this caliber, right? Like out totaling Jess's, you know, number at worlds at their nationals is a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, she doesn't have as much eyes, I would say. Uh, and also- I, I've heard, this is where I go. I've, I've talked about how I, I, I'm not a huge fan of seeing Tiffany versus Heather again, but I, I feel like I have heard that Heather is pretty popular, like internationally to where yeah. like maybe even the comparatively more popular internationally than she is within the U S to where that might be a swaying opinion of like getting her in, even if, if we don't think that's a super tight matchup. And also Marte is from Finland, correct? Finnish lifter. Me. I don't think Finland. It's one of those. Countries. Norway? Norway. Oh, Norway. Norway. Scandinavian country. I was close, but like in that, but I, I bring up Scandinavia because they love strain sports. Right in that area, is, it's very big into strength sports. And again, like the actual markability for powerlifting in those areas are, are, are is very strong. I mean, I would, I, I would, I would make the case those countries have a greater respect for powerlifting than America does, as far as just something that's respectable. Um, I, I would possibly see someone uh, recognize powerlifting as a sport in those countries as opposed to the United States where you have to explain the sport. You could possibly get away with them knowing the sport of powerlifting in those countries. Very much smaller, different demographics, but, you know, we are talking internationally, and, I like, depending on where you're from, too, I think it dictates the potential choice there um, as far as roster. Now, but is there an overall consensus, though? Do we want to maybe just uh, knock off the female list right now so we can move on to male? Because... Uh, who do you guys want to see as opposed to you think is going to get on? Leah, Carlina, and then either Jade or Heather as okay. the fourth. Because I think we're in unison. Uh, Agata gonna, and Laya. Like that's I'm going to decently mirror that. I would pick Carola over Carlina. But oh. I just don't because I want to see Carola versus Leah. And again, I want to see at least one matchup in each weight class. And I think it's, I, I think for the fact that Carlina hasn't done IPF worlds and we haven't had her travel uh, and Corolla has done IPF worlds and has done world games that I think Corolla versus Leah to have a 63 battle would be something that I'd want to see chance. What are you chiming in with? I'm saying that, okay, if that's your, your preference here, then are you going to be consistent on the men's side? I should be where uh, okay. we'll see. Okay. Um, I, I, all my picks are making sure we have at I, least, 
for the most part, head-to-head matches with each class. I'm I'm not stack. I I'm not trying to stack classes too deep. So yeah, I've got gotcha. Agatha Leah, Corolla Jad, but again, I don't know if Corolla is going to accept or has interest. And if she doesn't, then yes, I would go Carlina. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as far as see, like it would just be in a complete individual bias. Um, cause I'll always go with the Italian, but I think, I think, uh, Carlina and Jod would be my other two picks. Just ba- like, that's, that's kind of logic for me. Like the person who's actively competing in the IPF and going to do Commonwealths over the person who just did world games. Like again, it, and I don't know, this is a complete assumption on my part. I think it would mean more to Carlina to get into Sheffield as opposed to Carola, just because well, probably because Carolina's never even the IPF Worlds, but now you're yeah, exactly. you're being a hypocrite because you just said Leah shouldn't be in the Sheffield because she bombed out IPF Worlds, but now Carolina who didn't even qualify for IPF should make it because you'd be more I excited. put her as my shoe in. I was pissed off at it, but I put her as my. If I make, if I let Leah go, that means I'm obviously going to let other people go in too. I already was compromised by saying Leah's my shoe-in. I said it pisses me off, but it... But Leah's at least one IPF Worlds. Carlina hasn't. Like, how far are you going to stretch your ethics? If you were going a lot, will easily bound for a couple dollars. I mean, I see what you do for a couple dollars. (laughs) But this is is a stretch to go from if you don't do IPF Worlds this year, you shouldn't be in to Carlina's never competed. And if she happens to do this regional meet soon, she's in for me. (laughs) It, I, I, it's a, compl- I don't know. It's a different set of circumstances as far as that goes. But <laughs> I already said Leo is my shoe in and I hate it. If I'm going to compromise that, I'm going to compromise everything. I already fucking made my bed. I'm going to sleep in the goddamn thing too. You know, like I, it, it, if you give me it, if it was something that I'm making a list just completely and we're doing, and we're rehashing Sheffield. Say next year? Absolutely not. You're not doing this. But shit's been compromised already. So right. if we're do- if we're doing that, then uh, Carlene, of course. And if you're, I don't know. And then I, I uh, would say like same thing with Ray Williams. I would throw Russ in there. Like just if if you're gonna compromise me with Ray, give me Russ too. But now we're talking about across fed lines. Isn't that Ray? <laughs> right, that's Ray. Cross fed lines. Hasn't done has done the same amount of meets as Russ or he recently. Yeah, but he's a powerlifting America member now. Okay, Russ, just how much is it? <laughs> I'm sure he can cut it hundred twenty dollars or something. Be a member and then boom, you can just you can just have that for you. You can just have that option. But yeah, it's it's already been compromised with Leah, Steve. But yeah, I know I I but I know what won't stretch my ethics. Or what will in circumstances, Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself some Leflar Bros merchandise. The best merchandise in powerlifting. I love everything that they've been dropping recently. It's looking great. They make you look good from head to toe. And they got some great promo codes. They got Orc 15. They got You can buy the dip with Solana 15. And, of course, 2WL15. They got the t-shirts, they got the dad hats, they got some tank tops, they got some joggers, they got some deadlift socks, they got everything you need to look great on in the gym, out the gym, on the platform, and off the platform. 
They make you look good no matter what. And also go on their Instagram page, follow them, check out the Leffler Bros family grow. Let's move on to the men's side. We have right. uh, as far I'll, well, our shoeins our shoeins differ here though, right? Because we were both all in consensus that it should be Agatha and Leah on the female side, but on men's side we're all yeah. over the place. As uh, only one is Jesus. Jesus is good. Yeah. Steve, you're saying Ray. Now that you came down to my Carlina thing, I'm just gonna fucking now. Absolutely not. I I don't think Ray should be on. <laughs> just uh, just to stick this one to you. But you had you had Jesus Ray. What would the next so two be? Stick it to me, but then you're just being completely hypocritical. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. He bombed out of his last. Why I are you not wearing? You should be wearing the bad journalism shirt right now because that's strictly what you're going for. This is good journalism. Maybe watch ESPN. This is what they do. This is this is journalism to its highest degree. But who thought we'd have chance on and me and Angela would just yell at each other. The I could have, de- I could have definitely, <laughs> we, got, ch- we got chance on the yell and me and Angela are getting heated. <laughs> we, we haven't talked person. about the men yet. <laughs> haven't talked about what? The, we haven't gone fully into depth on the men's side yet. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah. I mean, we're already getting okay. started, but let's see. All right. Let's, let's have okay. you start then Steve. Well, well, let me give you my men's list. You guys can add if you had some other ones. Jesus, Ray, Mikey D, Anatoly, Russ, Emil, Keiko, Rondell, Bryce. Ashton, want to throw Ashton in there too? You can throw Ashton in there. I, I mean, I, if we're doing a list, he's kind of in the throw, same boat like, as, throw it up, Bryce, throw them all on a board, right? Sure. Ashton. Okay. Put them all in there. Sean Noriega. He competed as <laughs> oh, a junior back. Yeah, today. he did. He did. I forgot. I, that was that was actually a very good one. Um. All right. So then, all right. So then, give me your picks then, Steve. Because we got two already. We know Jesus and Ray. Then what are the other two? Well, no, three. We got five on the men's side. Oh, okay. Okay, then, yeah. Jesus and Ray, Anatoly. You got it. Someone's going to have to go against the meal, and I'm going to say it's going to be Anatoly. Um, mm-hmm. Mikey D is deserving, but Anatoly is the, the reigning world champ or the prior world champ 2021 when he was able to attend, not due to Russia causing issues. Um, and he's arguably the best 105 in the world. So uh, a third matchup between them because we had Anatoly win 2021 Worlds, but then we had Emil win 2021 EPF uh, Championships. So I think Anatoly, um, I'm going to go Kaiko. I think he's going to get it over Emil. And my fifth, Rondell. You think he's getting in over Emil for sure? Your fifth pick is Rondell? Yeah, I think Kaiko's getting over Emil. Your fifth pick is Rondell. I'm going Rondell for my fifth. I'm kind of speechless right now with that list. Can't. How are you speechless? How? Uh, it's, if you had one or the other, it would be not as, I don't know, like, Ray and Rondell, I, I just have a hard time putting both I'm going for I'm going for straight marketability. Like, what is going on? That's probably pissing me off. That's probably the what's most views. what's... Because I can tell you, be SPD Sport, I'm not no, going to give right. a full breakdown you're of right. the little things I know, but, like, there's some amazing long-term goals of what SPD Sport is hoping to do. And they need marketability. And I think that they're going to need the have the people that are going to bring in the most eyes and getting Rondell back to Sheffield or IPF to get some eyes. As well as Rondell... Okay has a very good chance at breaking that two, that 120 record. So you're going to have him as a 120 is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how that's more marketable than either 493s or 
three one hundred fives. I would argue three one hundred fives is more marketable than an extra ninety three. And I, this is the this, well, this, sure. this is where me and you, me and Chance are going to disagree. I, I don't disagree that a meal is deserving. If I'm sticking to my marketable position, I don't Dude. think a meal crasta is marketable in this scenario. How do you compare tell? if you were to have I don't Bryce know, come in a, or Mikey D coming in? I don't know how you can tell those things though. Right? Like, how can you say that a meal is not marketable? Instagram followers. Fuck that. Uh, who's like, who, but I, all right, it's important, but. That's a thing. Is that not a thing? Does Instagram followers not tell you who's marketable? Sure. I mean, is that the end all be all? We, all right. I, I think so it's a sad world we live in where people on the Discover page are posting their deadlifts and they're staring into the camera and they have 100,000 followers. With their 500 pound deadlift, this, this, you know, I, you're right. You know, the criteria for having good Instagram followers that means a lot. Fuck it. Uh, sure. We we need another 66 right in a beal. Let's have him on there. <laughs> right, markability goes. People love that guy and hate him. I mean, hate goes a long way in marketability, right? So let's put Nabil in there. Um, hey, we need someone to go against Atwood. Let's put Pug in there too. Let's just keep going down the line as far as like lifters go with Pug. The most, good. Pug, the most Pug actually is qualified. I'm going to punch the screen. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to go full Kyle on this screen, screen right now. Um, what, what was I? All right. So this is kind of my point um, that you're making as far as markability goes, though. You're taking this product, right, and trying to sell it to people. Are they going to really know as like from a new audience? Would they care about Instagram following? I'm not looking. Okay. Powerlifting needs to stop worrying about new audience because people right now. I think I think in, barring we find some magical way you, to bring in, aka Netflix, people watching the Sheffield are going to be people who follow powerlifting. And guess what? Go to the live streams and you will see who people watch. People like to watch Russ. They like to watch Taylor. They like to watch Ray. They want to watch Amanda versus Daniela. They want to watch Agatha versus Jessica. We already have the analytics to tell us who people want to watch. Um, I. People watch the 93s. I'm just, this, again, I don't have any issue with Emil. I think he's a fantastic lifter. But if it was Keiko versus Chance, just as many people would have watched it versus if it was Chance versus Keiko versus Emil, unfortunately. It's such a sad world we live in where you play second, you get signed to SBD, you're the new, the newest Bulgarian athlete, and then Steve says, oh, you don't matter. You don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, that's well, and and on, that's what you're saying. I, I talk about Steve. You said on the other, you said on the previous podcast, as far as like new audiences go, how many people became Formula One fans, and they're all new audience members. Like, yeah, from getting that happened because of Drive to Survive. We aren't on Netflix to pull in that audience. Yeah, but you, as of right but now, but you everyone watching Sheffield something. is likely going to be current powerlifting fans, and they're going to tune in based off of the lifters that they enjoy watching. And again, we can see the analytics based off of views. We can't see it off of IPF World recently because they don't post their views, but we can look back to 2019 and 2018 and we can look at all of Raw Nationals. It's very obvious based on certain lifters that views make a difference. I, I, don't, disagree, popularity. I, don't, I don't disagree with it. The views make a difference, but I'm not, I'm not ready to say that that is uh, that he's not uh, that uh, Emil is not a marketable athlete. You know what I mean? I'm just not ready to say that. I, I like Instagram followers aside. I could 
I don't even think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying that just Kaiko's like name alone it means a lot, and it, the followers means a lot. Having winning worlds it means a lot, and it's more that overcomes Emil getting second. Yeah. With all that said, I think that's true, and I think Keiko can be or Kaiko can be deserving. The, the problem here, to me, the ultimate problem here is if Kaiko goes, I say you have to bring Emil. You're saying yeah. you don't. You don't need to. Which I think is fucking wild to say that. And if you you still really believe that, okay, then that's fine. Like you you think there's going to be three. I just don't see that that possible. I, I see only a mill, or I see taking four, but I don't I don't see not taking a mill. I think that's wild. I think that's crazy. I'm not I'm not saying that's what I believe should happen. I think that's what will happen ethically. I believe that Emil should be in over Kaiko, but. Why would you sign the him then? Why would why would you sign him as a new newest SPD athlete then? That there's seems plenty crazy. Of, there's plenty of SPD athletes that are not getting in though. And there's plenty of but SPD athletes that are not, not second place over, not or third place overall, second but, in yeah. the division. Emil has Emil has never won worlds. We're looking at long term productivity. Kaiko's won worlds, as well as what was the entire play of the last year? <laughs> what was the entire play of the last year? Was it? Emil versus Kaiko? Was it Emil versus Chance? No. It was round one, Powerlifting America, Chance versus Kaiko. It was round two, IPF Worlds, Chance versus Kaiko. And arguably, if there wasn't attempt selection error, we might not see Kaiko. Oh, dude, uh uh-uh, no, no, no. Let's let's continue. Let's go on. Go ahead. I think this might be something to stick on because skip over this part. There was attempt selection error. I don't know guys, the full story behind guys, it, but very I had obviously to edit, there was a, there I, was either uh, a mistake or a very bad call <laughs> based off of Kaiko's third attempt. So, mm-hmm. uh, if we're looking at marketability and what people are going to want to see, and what I mean, we're on two white lights. Angelo, what is our most marketable matchup? Fuck you! Oh God, he ruined the segue to this joke. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say like, well, according to analytics. Russ and Nori should be the headliner at Sheffield. Yes, they should. <laughs> Actually, we've seen no, no, surprisingly, Russ Nori I, I'm gonna, like I'm, seven times now with the same outcome, but it still is the most marketable matchup in two white lights history and gonna, continues to be. I'm going to interrupt you, though, Chance Steve. versus Kaiko is the most marketable uh, matchup on the men's side other than Ray Hay versus I, I'm going to interrupt you because there is some breaking news that I don't think you're aware of. Leah Beauvoir and Amanda Lawrence is now our most interacted story uh, page posts that we've had i don't know oh, what really? happened From- i don't know like where it was shared but it is at three thousand likes and russ and nori's at two eight i i don't know in uh, 2800 when did that happen? i don't know it kind of snuck up on me i was in the mid i was at nationals and i just was kind of seeing interactions on the page go up and i just looked at leah and amanda's posts and i'm like Whoa, what the fuck happened here? And 82,000 non-followers interacted with that. We have 9,000 followers on our page. And 82,000 non-followers well, clicked on that. They either had to be 62,000 from it, Explore. I don't know if it or not or getting on that Explore page. Yeah, 62,000 from Explore. <laughs> so, I guess I Okay, I, well whatever. My point being, <laughs> right, sorry. Nori versus Russ we can post about them every single day and every single day is going to get a thousand plus likes and it's going to get a hundred comments and it's going to get way too much attention. The fact of the matter is whether people like it or not, 
whether Chance likes it or not, Kaiko versus Chance is the clickbait we all, everyone wants. Well, I'm going to make all these arguments, but at the same time, like I'm kind of playing into it because I want Kaiko first chance, Emil, um, I, and I want 483s there. I want it all, like, like I said before. Like, I just want... You want how many 93? Four. Okay. So... Which I can see. I'm I'm going Rondell for fun here, but it very well could be Emil, Kaiko, and Chance, and then Amar Kanan for that that fourth one who's obviously already in. I can see that 100. percent But I that's so I mean I'm I'm saying both. I like if you're gonna get my list, it would be Kaiko and Emil, you know, thrown on there. Um, the the other ones that's fair. Not having Emil is not fair. Yeah, I I and uh, but it, it's. I, I mean, I guess so. If I was doing this thing, it would, it, it uh, it would just be such a personal thing, like of as far as like what I want. That's like kind of me trying to remove myself from it. And I'm trying to think like, what do the fans want to see? And I know I'm not every fan because I'm I I am way more intrigued to head to head battles than the whole record thing. I just am. I love the. This sounds like a two white lies story poll that we need to do. Yeah, we haven't made a graphic in a while. We've been actually really lazy on that shit, so we got to make sure you just do that. Wait, wait. You need a story, Paul. You need to a uh, a story for what exactly? The with two highlights. Uh, head to head. What do you rather see? Head to head or world record being broken? Like, what would you rather? Well, no, I was saying like who? I was like saying the picks. Like, who would oh. people pick? Like, if you had, oh. if you had the well, option me, of then. Emil, Kaiko, Anatoly, and. Let's say Mikey. Just, be, just be because also. a particular voice is voiced more does not mean it's correct. I'm not, does not I'm mean like, it's I, objectively I'm wrong. In a, I'm in agreement. No, this is if we're talking object <laughs> chance, objective good and evil. Is there objective good and evil? Right. Is there objective right, right and wrong here? I don't disagree. Well, I, I was stating though, popularity wise and marketing wise, I'm strictly going to put uh, Mikey D, Anatoly, Emil, and Kaiko on there. Unfortunately. Emil is going to get fourth place on that list of who people want to see. I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned of how many people view the story. I'm that's that's what I thought we were getting at. I thought the main idea of, or behind the story post was so more people could follow Two White Lights. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was just marketing. Well, again. if that's the case, we just need to take credit for uh, like being the main content creators that gets everyone uh, coaches their, their athletes. If we do that, we're going to get our story content likes. Yeah. I actually forgot to mention by this time, I, I forgot to thank Weeze at the beginning of the episode. So thank you. We, yeah. uh, because of your existence, I have a podcast now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, derailed. <laughs> uh, all right. So where was I getting at here? Um, okay. So we're, we're just, uh, so, we're kind of in the middle of giving our lineup. Chance, what would your lineup be? Um, actually, all right, I'll give my lineup. I think some, uh, we could edit that out. All right, so my lineup, which I'm going to have to go on my phone for, bad journalism. I think At my, least you took notes this time. Did that's it. the first. That's not, that did not. I don't know why you're assuming that. I'm just going based on, like, who you guys picked. So for the males... I I think Jesus Oliveras and Jonathan Keiko were my two picks to get in. Emil Krostev would be my third. Then after that, it gets a little bit dicey. So I... I want to go Mikey D. 
on this one. But the Anatoly thing is is kind of what's throwing me in a loop because well, you can pick you can pick both of them because you got five spots. I got five spots, but yeah, I guess I can pick both of them. Yep, I'll pick both then, if that's the case. I'll go Anatoly and Mikey D. Anatoly, I guess, would be my you know <laughs> my perennial Leah Bavaw pick, right? Like a person who didn't do IPF Worlds this year, but he has the ultimate excuse though, right? <laughs> like if there's one pass, yeah. if there's one pass for anyone, it would be Anatoly. Yeah, if anyone deserves an excuse, it's it's that guy. Um, and someone who gets a pass. Ethics aside, Steve, what are you gonna question my ethics on this one too? You, you pro no, Russia? I'm not. You pro Russia, Steve? Let's get that going. Because <laughs> he's a former. He the last time he competed IPF Worlds, he won it. Yeah, I think that's valid. Okay. Carlina never competed IPF Worlds. That's going against your ethics, even though I think I would like to see Carlina in. Against your ethics, she's never competed. Anatoly's won it. What I'm getting Twice. from this is... He's won at 93 and 105. Well, what I'm getting from this is you're pro-Russia and you don't like Carlina, which is crazy because Carlina's a very nice person and Russia does things... Where did I say I'm pro-Russia? I said Anatoly <laughs> should be in. Good. All right, fine. Just trying to, you know, just trying to paint, you You know, paint the Steve Denovi picture as a bad one. Um, it's about time you get some hate. Try you try, <laughs> yeah. Then uh, yeah, this podcast gets released, and I'm I'm the pro Russian one. All right. Uh, uh, well, I think the biggest debate because you well you kind of picked him because obviously I picked Rondell. If I was to put my money on it, I don't think Rondell is in, but I picked him based off of marketability. It's just so much. It's going to come down. Well, again, I you guys might disagree. I think it's I, Jesus and Ray are locks, and then it's Anatoly's a lock, and then I think uh, Kaiko's a lock. Then it comes down to Emil versus Mikey D. That's a good debate, though. So, Angelo, we I, I already know who uh, uh, Chance is going to pick because if we're picking, Ka- if I say Kaiko's a lock, he's going to say Emil's a lock. So that would be his one. Angelo, if it came between Mikey D and Emil, who are you taking? Both of them got second this year. Why, why do you have to make me do this to Mikey D? Like, I've had three podcast episodes where I love the fucking guy, but I have to say something negative. <laughs> I would take Emil and I just. Shit, why would you do yes such a dick move? It's like three podcasts that I brought up Mikey D and had to like pick against him because I know the my, during the preview. I, yeah. You are a dick because I take Mikey D. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. We yeah, we had to call him one episode too, and like he had yeah, he's had such a bad like interaction phase with two white lights and, and in spite of me just like like loving the guy, but no, I would have to pick uh, a meal on this one. I mean, we're going two second place winners, and I, I think in the more competitive ninety three kilo weight class, I would have to take I mean, and also the I don't I uh, I I can't rash. I mean, I guess I I could see the reason why you would pick Mikey over. All right, so I can see the reason why you pick Mikey over Emil, but then that leaves Keiko in a in a weird predicament. So, I guess based on my ethics, because that's been called into question, I would have to go with Emil. All right. Chance, do you want to give your your entire list just so we... So, for for me, you know, it was still the first two that we already named. Emil and Jesus. Those are the first two locks, in my opinion. Third, or the, the three, four, five... 
honestly, I think Anatoly, based off the criteria we know, he's a very good shot. Who knows what they're really going to do? If we're looking at marketability, I feel like a lot of new people that are into powerlifting now might not even know who Anatoly is. Um, that's kind of their fault, not his. Um, Ray is the next spot. I would say if you really want that head-to-head matchup, that's the only way you're going to get it. Ray and Jesus. Um, this kind of gives us to this point of, unless you've got a qualifier from a region, I'm taking the twos. So like if you are a second place, I, I think that you should go. Um, now, you know, for the, the 70 or 66 kilo, um, Kyoto Ushiyama from Japan, he placed third. Um, he got the automatic spot. You know, that means there's the second place um, that's kind of not filled in yet. Um, where, okay, you know, Garcia or potentially Pena. Um, and I say Pena because he was a previous world record holder, previous world, uh, world champ. Um, he's doing the Arnold UK in another five weeks. Um, if he breaks that world record total, I, I mean, I've talked to him. He's a good friend of mine. I, I think if he does break that total, uh, I think he gets that last spot over Michael Davis or Kaiko. That's someone we didn't really mention. Did. It was, was that the, the Pana, I think has a real, real good chance of sneaking in. Yeah. I mean, who would, who would decline him saying that he cruised the current, world record holder just did it fresh off a huge Arnold performance and you know has the total world record again and you would want to see the rematch between him and Eddie right versus just Eddie versus Kyoto because Kyoto is doing really well like he's just he actually is just competing in a bodybuilding show but um, his training has been going great all the way after worlds um, and still doing powerlifting right now um, but he's looking great and like honestly he could be a very formidable opponent of, of Eddie, honestly. Um, so it just depends on how that goes, but I, I definitely see that Pena getting that spot, man, he, he's already very popular. He already has the, the poll. He already has, you know, so much of a, of a good audience and markability. Like I said, I, I think he could easily be taken. Do you th- I agree with that. Especially yeah. if he, if he does break or get close to that world record, I could very well see that happening instead of uh, Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I guess that uh, man, and then that that goes down to I the That's whole. The same, Arnold, it's you, the same argument yeah, though. As a, I, a chance, I'm calling you out. Yeah, I, you're I, saying I'm gonna Hannah go on. I'm gonna go on. Jump Garcia. Panna can jump Garcia, and you're saying that's okay, but. Because Panda is a former uh, world champion, and no, that's not record. no. But Keiko cons- can't jump a meal. Nope, because Keiko would have to compete again and then break the world record total again. I That's think, what I'm saying. But my, I have issues with competing again because it's just the Arnold is happening in the UK, and Pana is just going to be an IPF meet. Yeah, and I know, I no, I yeah, I know. It, but it's it's like Jonathan Garcia would have to fly across the country to like to very similar to what you're doing. To he do can. Thing. I'm the one. I'm the only yeah, American yeah, but doing sometimes it. Sometimes people. Don't can't do it actually. Like Jonathan Garcia. You don't want to travel. It's not want to travel. You literally can't. I Jonathan Garcia is a fucking guy who has a just a regular ass job. I think. Like, how is he gonna do it? (laughs) I mean, I I think it's one of those fucking like like this. I mean, we get American exceptionalism all the time, right? Well, it's like 
France, if you're a French lifter, you can just go a little bit down across that across that sea and do this Arnold meet that is an easier meet than IPF Worlds. You didn't perform head-to-head against Jonathan Garcia, but you get this track there for you to do it. And then if Jonathan Garcia had to do it, it's like, well, shit, I already beat this guy in South Africa. And now I got to go to England where he has a home field advantage to beat him again so I can get this IPF world spot. I don't, or the Sheffield spot. I'm, I'm only, like I'm that. only defending myself. I'm only defending myself from Steve's critique here where he was trying to equate them as the same. It's not the same. Both, both Kaiko and Penna have won worlds. They've been world record holders. Currently Kaiko got third and didn't break the world record total. Now, if Penna goes and does this and breaks the world record again, I, I I don't see them as the same. I man, I I guess it's just a principle. So if Penna is the brand new world record holder, then there's some merit to that. No, there is. Whereas You're if right. Tycho goes to the Arnold and decides to compete at the Arnold and then breaks my world record total, yeah, that's different, of course. I I do see the merit in that on on Pana's end. I just the principle of it is what's getting me. It's like Jonathan Garcia has to travel across the country to beat a guy he already beat. What the hell? Like what? Like what, what? He doesn't have to. No, of course not. Well, he doesn't. It's something. Well, he's I already. Mean, in, he's a... already in this. But should should so Eddie's not going to get kicked out based off of the stipulation. But should we base some of our selection criteria based off impending doom of banning arches and knowing that Exlifter will be nerfed and therefore will no longer be competitive? <laughs> um. I mean, if there's a poster boy of the zero range of motion bench, I think Eddie Berglund is that person. I mean, I know it's always Noriega, but Eddie's like way more extreme. So but that goes back. Here's there's my take. argument where Kaiko gets an over Emil. Emil doesn't have an extreme arch, but Kaiko's the poster child for not arching. So therefore, we know based <laughs> off of new IPF rules, Kaiko then likely beats Chance and Emil <laughs> due to an extra 10 kilo nerf on Chance and Emil's bench. So therefore, would, Kaiko... How, no, you are, so, you are so wrong. You are so wrong. Because Kaiko has the biggest... No, no, no. Kaiko has the biggest ceiling to lose versus I don't. It doesn't make that much of my total. The percentage difference is, is way more drastic for him. I think it would just be the most ultimate Chad move by SPD and Sheffield to be like, you know what? Fuck it. No big orange benches. We're getting Eddie out of here and just kick him off the roster. Like, we're we're diving totally into this IPF uh, rule change. Um, yeah, something to think about, I guess. I just... I'd rather... Yeah, and I, I guess I would rather add that, that spot for Mikey D as opposed to someone doing the Arnold UK meet to kind of slide into that, that last spot. I just... I, I don't, I, I don't I like it. it. I don't like it. I gave it to Mikey at first. Yeah. And no, then I'm saying, okay, you if right, Penna though. does this, if go ahead, you're totally correct. I mean, I could, based on everything that you're saying, Pana breaks the world record at the Arnold UK. He has merit. He's a former world champion too. He has merit of being there. It just, again, it's always these personal things that get into it for me. I just don't like the principle of it, and it, it almost, it does. I think strike comparisons to the uh, uh, Emil and. Uh, Keiko debate too, and it's and it's an unusual set of circumstances because let's face it, it's 
much harder to travel from America to the UK to do the Arnold as opposed to. I hate every time. Every time I hear you specifically talk about the travel shit, I'm just like, ugh. Why me? I just roll my eyes because <laughs> because every time I, I hear you talk about the the travel, it's like. Oh, it doesn't really matter that much. Oh, it doesn't I'm not really it, mean I'm that not much off it your matters. total. I'm like, saying, it's fine. I'm, we can domestically. If, all the U.S. lifters, it's fine. No, no, no. We can just do it all here. It's no big deal. No. And then you're like, oh, well, it is a big deal to travel. No. And like, no, the like, big no deal, everybody could just do it. The big <laughs> deal of travel in this circumstance is Garcia already fucking traveled to South Africa and won over Pana. That's my issue. If it was just them going head to head and it was France, the U.K., that's the cards you're dealt. You gotta go to the UK Here, if you're Jonathan, if you're Jonathan Garcia. You gotta go there. Just to but rile, you already beat him in South continue, Africa. To continue to rile up chance, the fact of the matter is, going from France to the UK is like going from California to Texas. No, it's not. I think it's, I think it's has, easier than that. What you say? Uh, based on where you are in France, I mean, we fucking stormed the beaches from the UK to the thing over a ship ride. Okay, so even less travel. So basically, Panada doesn't really it's like have to travel. It's like Canada to fucking the south of Illinois. Tycho had to travel from California to Texas, and he totaled 1957, which would be above the world record total. So therefore, he is you traveling guys, the same guys, distance he, and has higher what? than the world record My total. My arguments are so getting debunked. The same I, like, are getting derailed. He should be in over a meal. I couldn't hear the last part of what you said, Steve. I probably fucked it up. I said because Keiko has totaled over the world record total with traveling from California to Texas at 1957, that would be the same thing as saying if Pana goes over the world record, well, Keiko totaled over the world record, same situation, Keiko over Emil, Pana over Garcia. Except I'm talking about who's current. Like, what are the current numbers? If you go down in total, you keep going down in total, that doesn't add to credibility. Yeah, I, I, I'm just my, my, my entire stick is, or my entire argument is being derailed here. I'm just saying Jonathan Garcia shouldn't have to travel twice to beat a person he traveled to beat once. Right? Like how? He how has is, to do, no, no, no. You keep saying that he has to, he has, he has to, go to go do the Arnold UK. No, but you get extra points. You can't earn your spot if you go do it. That's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not yeah. mandatory. Okay. All right. I, all right. Then, then I guess, all right, as far as that argument goes, I'll give you some leeway on it. I, I guess it's simply just the principle. <laughs> because it, it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's one of, I, because we are talking, now I got to go back to what I'm, because we are talking about a guy who's trying to sneak in as opposed to like, this is what you got to do. If it was something you had to do with your Jonathan Garcia, you got to go do it. If you really want that Sheffield spot, you got to go do it. You got to go and get that. Um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Then, then the travel makes sense to me. I was just more so like it was. It was mo- yeah, all right. That's what it was. It was mostly your reaction to me saying that Jonathan Garcia has to travel the way that you took it. I'm like, he already did it. It's not like he. Ha- it's not like he was just killing in America and he was using his total in America. No, it was. It was IPF Worlds. That's where he took it, and he was the no. But I'm saying time. if it was like a pretend like an NAPF meet was in October. And if he has the option to oh, go do that, and that's an IPF for meet, sure, yeah, he I mean, do that. He do it. He should do if, that regardless. If you want, if you that, want like, to see a Sheffield spot, you yeah, know, I told I told Joe Joe Jordan the same thing, right? It was in the 66s. I was like, dude, like if you really want it, right? Like you can do these other meets. And you know, he's like, I don't know if that's gonna you know make everything for Sheffield, but it's definitely not a bad thing if you go there and you fucking show up. I mean, you definitely could earn a spot. Yeah, you're right on that. I mean, also like. 
if you're not competing, I mean, if, if you're a Powerlifting America person, you have Powerlifting America Nationals and hopefully Worlds. So you can add that third meet as an NAPF meet. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, that, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if Jonathan Garcia really wanted Sheffield, I would do that. But we are talking about, like, a sneak-in candidate here. And, I don't know, I maybe <laughs> perhaps we took too long on that, but we also yelled at each other for a good amount of time, and it got loud. So that was good. Content. Um, also, can I ask you a really quick question? Why, why are you doing the Arnold UK? I, 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 not, I like that you're doing it. I never asked you. Oh, there's money involved? Oh yeah, bro. Of course. How much? Like three thousand. It's like three thousand euro or something, or like four thousand for first. Does that place? offset the travel? Yeah, I only paid six hundred dollars for my flight round trip. Uh, England isn't oh, too wow. bad. England isn't too bad. It's like the Australia's that's really bad with the travel. That's like a. Thousand. It's like a How seven hour it? flight. Yeah, to it London. cost me six hundred dollars uh, to fly from Missouri to Texas. <laughs> well, you're in like that. Yeah, you're just in Springfield, Missouri. That's the problem. Like if I was <laughs> if I was flying out of Houston, it, it I well contrary to popular belief, I have traveled for a world competition in England, okay, and I am experienced with it. It was the highly prestigious AWPC World Championships in Manchester. So yeah, Angelo Angelo was a world champion. Four chance was uh, twice, two times. <laughs> I actually won two world championships. One two time world champion. Two time world champion. One twenty minutes away bio. from my house in Naperville, Illinois. And the other one was in Manchester. Hell, I mean, I went best overall lifter. I'm pretty much Taylor Atwood. Who else? I've done twice. I mean, what other male lifter has won best overall lifter at World Championships? I can't think of one off the top of my head. So, yep, that's that's the hot take to get off this. All right, I was just wondering because um, I I just didn't know yeah, the rationale behind it. It's also too is right. Like after you do a big meet, you want kind of want to like solidify that this is like I can do this. Like I prove it, and then I I want the extra international practice. Um, friends with a lot of the guys in the UK, and then also money. Um, and it's just a fun big hype meet. It's the first time they're doing raw at the Arnold U- in oh. the UK. Uh, so it's a big deal. Yeah. All right. I thought personally, I, I thought it was. I'm fun. very excited that that's a thing. Now that the Arnold UK is going to be a big raw meet, I think that's awesome. You know, it's you know, it's actually a really good thing that um, that there's more can there's a, a consistent string of big powerlifting meets. I'm just happy that we get to look forward to things like the Arnold UK would be something that I wouldn't even look at, but now I look at the roster, I'm like, shit, this is a really good meet to tune into, and you know, with the hype that Junior Worlds is getting. Like we're, we're like we're getting there as far as powerlifting content goes and powerlifting um, occupying fan or like uh, satisfying the fans' wants and needs. So I'm I'm actually pretty happy about that. Um, and speaking of wants and needs, if you guys need, if you guys need, because you all want it, if you guys need an extra kick in your workout, hypedust.com, obsidian ammonia smelling salts. Steve, you're about to go to bed, so you do not have to do the smelling salt at this time you don't need to test it i want you to yeah, sleep this, easy. Is, this will wake me this will wake me back up i don't already are, way past my bedtime yeah i don't yeah we're we're getting into that point but um it is the best smelling salts you can get obsidian ammonia smelling salts they have strength as well i mean maybe you can do the tampon one steve just a little bit just a little bit of that inhaler 
before bed. I don't know if that I don't know if that all affects right. your sleep at all. Just a little bit. Just a tip. I'll just I'll just I'll just insert just the tip. Just a tip. Hashtag just a tip. All right. Just the just the tip felt good. That that was pleasing. All right. That's pleasing. Well, that's good. So you got that, and then there's one that'll burn your nose hairs off. Use promo code 2W15 to save yourself some money at checkout. Also, they got a lot of merchandise on HypeDust.com and Obsidian Ammonia Smelling Salts. You can get that as well if you use that promo code 2WL15. All right, gentlemen, it's been 90 minutes. It's been a lot of fun. Any closing thoughts? Anything that uh, you guys didn't get to say that you wanted to say? Um, Any bridges, potentially, that any of us want to burn? I think I... I really feel like shit whenever I have to say something about Ray Williams. It makes me feel horrible because it's like you fucking pissant are discrediting Ray Williams in the powerlifting world. I'm like, I God damn it. That makes me regret doing this podcast. Cause then I have to turn myself into skip Bayless, but it's got to happen. So one thing I think is the, uh, like the point from SBD to try to make this, almost like the best of the best from worlds versus the best of the best from the world. Right. Where it's like, not everybody, you know, did worlds or did what they should have at worlds or whatever happened. So um, like, for example, like, you know, there's Amar um, Kanane from Algeria who has the world record squat in the 93s. Like he, from that region, you know, is the only other lifter that they have. Right. Um, like Kyoto Yushama from Japan. He's the he's number one in Japan by a lot. Um, having the the diversity here, I mean, is what their goal is and trying to um, make sure everybody's represented. You know, I, I think it is good for the sport um, as long as it's people that are deserving. And I think from what I see so far, every everybody's deserving. Um, I think it's exciting. The whole the whole meet idea is very exciting. I think we could have talked more about like the scoring um, I think you guys will talk about that probably in the preview a little bit more and just kind of have that over again. Mm. Um, but honestly, like I would love to see the the predictions on the actual scores head to head versus like, okay, this person is just going to get in or yeah. this kind of stuff. We could talk about that more in detail. Oh yeah, for sure. The preview show for this one's going to be good. And also it's, you know, it's a smaller roster and I actually think the wild card does it adds an extra aspect to it. It's, it's something of interest. Like we get to, we are trying to figure out who's going to be the wild card. We got to make our predictions. Um, people are going to be upset, which actually can be a good thing for power. Like for sport is if, you know, there's controversy, if there's controversy involved into it, it adds something to it. Um, so I think as far as it's going right now, the buildup has been really, really good. And they've actually put themselves in good position to hype up the meet long in advance. And then something is going to live up to that hype. I actually think that they're doing a really good job with that. Um, only way I would be satisfied is if they allow you to wear your stoic gear on this uh, on the platform. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I can wear it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And then all right. So then I'm 100 percent satisfied because I'm like that'll be. Uh, and then I, then I'm totally rooting for you. It, you have to. I'm the yeah. only stoic IPF lifter right now. Yeah, we we would have to. We yeah, you would have to win. Like you would have to win. It would be great. I don't know what they would do. Like if you give you a trophy, I don't know if they thought about that yet. But it'll be great. The SBD Sheffield meet, Chance Mitchell in a stoic singlet holding it. That would be. I'm now thinking about marketing, Steve. That's my marketing, right there. If if Chance eats, we all eat on Team Stoic. Then we'll have the Stoic. 
Sheffield meet. Just What's not that? in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do one. In, we'll do one in America. We'll do one in America. Stoic wins the SPD Sheffield. <laughs> no, that'll be great. Steve, any last thoughts? No, other than thank you, uh, Chance, for coming on. I, I enjoyed the fun as always. Yes, absolutely. Yes, always like you on the podcast. Um, thank you for coming on, taking time out of your day. That's going to do it for Two White Lights. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.